Carpe Diem Living, the podcast by Shane Gitmed, dives into the amazing realm of holistic medicine and natural healing methods that is known to be life-changing. She was once someone who struggled with chronic illnesses, severe allergies, and countless other diagnoses from doctors that she thought would never improve or be stuck with for life. She is here to share that through holistic and functional medicine, there are cures that do not require medication and hope that the body can heal. Her passion for finding answers through natural healing methods and herbs lead her to wanting to speak to experts in this field and speaking to those who found healing through holistic medicine. Here's your host, Shane Gitman. It was kind of interesting when I did come into the coaching game. So with my psychology background and my military background, I still started playing the comparison game of going, oh, but I've only been a coach for this long. And then I was like, hang on, this is bad energy. (laughs) And I was like, no, I have so much to offer. And I'm unique because how many life coaches are military? How many have have the psychology background? Like, you know, with, with your own mental health and mindset, you can be your own worst enemy so often but then you can also be your savior if you channel it in the right way. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Carpe Diem Living the Podcast. I am your host, Shane Gitmed, and today we have someone from Australia, another guest from outside of the country, which it's always my favorite thing in the world. And we have someone named Ricky here, who's here to, I mean, first of all, she has a very interesting journey to tell us about. So I'm really excited, very unique, which we're all unique, but you get what I mean. So (laughs) take it away and tell us about you and um, your spirituality journey. Hi guys. Um, so I'm Ricky. I'm a spiritual life coach at High Vibes Life Coaching, but I haven't always been. So as Shane mentioned, it has been a interesting journey, unique, just like we all are. Um, so my started off, I guess, with my childhood. I grew up in Australia, in Sydney, in the Western suburbs, which is a bit more, was a bit more lower demographic and a bit more of a poverty kind of area. My mum was, so I'm Aboriginal. My mum was adopted out through the stolen generation, if you know much about the Australian history. Um, so she had some mental health issues and had alcoholism. And my dad was um, in the military and he was a firefighter. So he had PTSD as well. So through that, I had an interesting childhood. I had a lot of protecting factors, thank goodness. Um, and my parents, I, God love them, loved to death. Um, but we all, they all had their own healing to do. Um, and I kind of was a bit of the repercussion of, I, I copped a little bit of that, I guess. Um, so throughout my years of a childhood, I was a little bit lost and definitely with my, my wild spirits came into a little, especially my teenage years, a little bit of just really confused. And I didn't know where I was going in life and, and what I wanted to do and what I was giving. Um, and it did really affect my, um, my health, um, both physically and mentally, because I had a, a lot of, a lot of thoughts and mindset that I, I had to prove myself and lack of self-worth and lack of identity, particularly because of that stolen generation stuff as well. Um, so what ended up happening after the years of my childhood, I ended up joining the military. Um, so I joined the military at 18 years old, um, straight out of school, and I signed up and served as a combat soldier. 
And so in my um, role as a combat soldier, I was what was called a ground-based air defender. So I used to shoot missiles. It sounds really cool. It was really cool. Um, (laughs) But so I used to do some real, it was very physical job. It was very resilience based. It was, it was very difficult. It was very male dominated. And for someone who's not necessarily a feminist, but very strong willed, I did find it really challenging. I found it really challenging to be in this environment that I was being repressed. Like I wasn't allowed to be that myself and be loud and be vocal and be a leader because I was a woman. I mean, I was a young woman. I was still a girl, really. I also got injured during my time in that role as well. So I had a back injury and that kind of really also had a lot of self-worth as well because I'm enlisted in the military to serve my country and I couldn't do the job I wanted to do. I, in that time, also had my daughter, which was a massive shift in mindset of what is important in life to what isn't. And I then um, transferred to be a, a job um, that was a little bit more family friendly and a bit better for my, my physical health, um, which was much better. Throughout the military, though, my one goal was to um, to serve people. And I, I really wanted to help people. And how I found I could do that in the military was um, by becoming an instructor. And so what we call it in the Australian Army is a recruit instructor. And it's down at Kapuka, um, which is the training establishment. And it quite literally trained the civilians that go um, that come in and enlist and you train them to be, be soldiers. And my one goal was to get there. And it took me like six years, five years to get there of a lot of training, a lot of persistence. It was a really long-term goal of mine that no matter how many people said no, I still kept going. Um, I had so many down moments with that, but I found myself in so many times as well of, of finding my true path and my true nature. So it all worked out really well and I ended up really, I truly did manifest it and and got there and I got promoted and I got um, down there and I was instructing recruits and that was where I really found my passion um, of teaching people and, and serving and, and mindset and spirituality. So I taught a lot of recruits who came in that underlying issues really didn't realize that they had this lack of self-worth and this lack of identity and they felt like they were trying to prove a lot of stuff. Um, and that's where I really focus on that. My mindset training, resilience-based training. I ran all the programs in there with the recruits for that. Concurrently, I started my psychology degree, um, whilst I was working in the military as well. So I, I have a psychology background. So it just, it worked out really well. Like in the end, like all my past experiences, studying to working with people. And then, um, my husband and I, um, decided that was time to move on and it was time to take a new path in life. So we um, we actually left the military last year in August, midst COVID, which was a big leap, but the best decision in the world. <laughs> so, because now I am the coach that I am and I coach um, predominantly women, but men as well, um, about balance in life and about finding their alignment or, and so many people ask what alignment is, but finding where they feel the most fulfilled in rather than being imbalanced and and a lack of because having that lack of affects us physically and mentally. Um, And I also am an entrepreneur, so I have other businesses as well. So it's it's a much better environment now. So that's me and where I was to where I am now. So 
my gosh. So first of all, amazing. Okay. (laughs) I vibe with you so much and we just about have a lot in common, except for the fact that I didn't serve, but I was a military spouse for a number of years. So I totally get what you mean when it comes to like, you know, the rigorous lifestyle, because I watched it on the sidelines for basically 10 years. Right. And from the start of my adolescent life at 18 years old. So you, it's just amazing to see people when they get out of school and jump immediately as like a full grown adult. It's, it's another world. I don't think most people understand unless they've either, you know, been a part of it or they have a loved one that's done the military life because it's not for the faint of heart. And especially for you going in as a com, you know, your job was combat related and, I, it blows my mind because I know for the U.S. military, for, it wasn't until recently that women can do combat jobs. So it's it's really interesting to see, like, for women in the military, it's like you almost have to work twice, if not three times as hard as the men just to get that same respect, that same, like, okay, like, I am up to par with everyone else. Like, the bar is so much higher for women in the military. So... How long did it take for you to really, you know, kind of, I guess, not do the compare game? Because you know how you're you're trying to adjust, you're being a soldier, you're growing up in the military, basically. How are you able to get out of your the mindset of, it's okay that, obviously, I, I have different standards, but I'm still badass at what I do? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good question. But I think, I think that's something that still continues to go on, like, daily. Like, I think it's a growth. So... When I first joined and enlisted in the military, I was oblivious to I was even doing that. Like I was, I was so lost in my own um, illusion of of what I had to be that I had no. I was, I was had aspects of the job that I loved, and I loved serving. I loved the physical aspect and the challenge, and it was so rewarding. But then I was also so miserable at the same time. But I had no idea why. And it wasn't until I started to really kind of look inwards and go, oh, hang on, actually these morals and values don't align with mine or like these things. And then a big pivot point was when I had my daughter. So when I had my daughter, obviously your worldview, your perspective priorities change. Yeah, they they shift. So I was like, oh, okay. So all that like high school yard stuff in the army, I wasn't really what I needed to focus on. I needed to focus on my family and my child and, and myself. So I guess it, it, it really was, it was like a path, but when I guess maybe a big pivot was when I made the active decision to stop being a vi- playing in victimhood and start telling people what I'm going to do in the army. So when I decided to be that instructor, I already had known I was going to do it, but I never really made action. Like I was like, Oh, I just, I want to go do this and just kind of thought it would come. But then I made a decision probably, it was probably about two years prior to me getting there. And I was like, that's it. I'm doing everything I can in my in my own will to get there. So that meant like being vulnerable and asking for promotion courses, even though I wasn't up for promotion and things like that. And um, you know what? The confidence and the shift in mindset paid off 100%. And bit by bit, it really did shift and go, hang on. Okay, I really don't need to compare myself to anyone else or the masculine because I am so much more... Um, or, or equal or more. So, and then once I got to the instructor role, that really was a light switch. And I was like, oh, I'm actually better than a lot of people <laughs> because I was so, and that's not an egotistical thing. It was just, I was so bloody passionate about it. And people kind of were doing it as a job. And I was like, no, this is my opportunity to give. 
these like 17, 18 year old recruits were coming through and I have 10 years on them. I was like, this is my experience to be passed down. So yeah, it, it is a tug of war of comparison. Yeah, that completely sets you apart right there because anyone can do a job just to get paid and pay their bills and whatever, or you can do a job that you love and the passion is there and it's that energy is going to outshine regardless. Like people can feel that from a person versus someone that's just physically there, but they don't really want to be there. So I think that's beautiful that once you got to that promotion, you're claiming that spot and saying, I know what I'm doing here. I am in the position to lead because this is what I am passionate about. And I think that's awesome. So I, I mean, those are great qualities already just for coaching. So you're definitely where you need to be. <laughs> that's exactly right. Is like, I think it was kind of interesting when I did come into the coaching game. So with my psychology background and my military background, I still started playing the comparison game of going, oh, but I've only been a coach for this long. And then I was like, hang on, this is bad energy. <laughs> and it wasn't good for my anymore and I was like no I have so much to offer and I'm unique because how many life coaches are military how many have experienced this how many have have the psychology background and like so it was this going something you know with with your own mental health and mindset you can be your own worst enemy so often but then you can also be your savior if you channel it in the right way so yeah <laughs> And I think it's so cool that you got out during COVID. That takes a lot of guts, especially when there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now, especially with just, you know, just employment. Like, and, you know, with, with the military, you do get used to, okay, you, you get your salary, it's consistent, there's stability. And then to take that away willingly, that takes a huge leap of faith. So how was that transition from going from 10 plus years of that type of lifestyle kind of on autopilot to some degree to now you're just a civilian, a veteran, of course, always, but now you're just like, oh my gosh, now I can make my own schedule. I can choose what I want to do. Like, how does that feel right now for you guys? Um, so it's been, it's not even a year. So we discharged in August and both my husband was army as well. So he is military. So both military and look, the decision of making that like to discharge, um, was, yeah, it, it was empowering, but it was so scary at the same time, but it was one of those, we know that we have to move forward. We have to go into that unknown, that risk, because where that risk is, is where all the growth is, where that, that new opportunity is. So once we kind of got past those automatic responses of fear and going, no, don't do it, just stay in your comfort zone, it actually worked in so much favor and it kind of just all flowed. Um, however, it was really interesting once we kind of had the observer perspective because every single person around us, military and family, were totally not supportive. And, and it was empowering in a way, but it was also discouraging. But at the same time, we knew we were on the right path because we were having resistance in a way. And we we're saying, okay, well, we're moving forward while people are staying back. And that's okay because we're going to continue. And then when we came over, so COVID here in Australia has been a bit weird, nowhere near as um, bad as other countries, but we keep having border shut and close and like within the States, like just within a couple of hours notice, 24 hours notice or whatever. So we were just driving up from one state to another state to the top of Australia. And we got told that the borders were about to shut. And <laughs> so here we are with like our dog and our family and everything. And we're just like, oh God, it's literally like a race to get across the border. 
to get home into to where we live in Britain, like Brisbane and Queensland. And um, so that was a bit interesting. And then the transition of going in, oh, wow, we have free will now. We have I that that resistance I was getting of being my own self was no longer there. But it, in a funny way, it was still there because it was in my head to begin with. I had to really transition into just being my own energy and, and healing myself of any negative stuff that I got from the military because there's many positive but there's it's very institutionalized like it's meant to be so and same with my husband he um it was a bit of transition and he now works with children we call it residential youth work so children who have been taken out of homes because of neglect and whatnot so he works with those kids and so for him to then go from being a combat soldier to that it's just this transition into our own being like it's been it's been amazing so I love that because, you know, with the military life, of course, there's so many things you learn that do make you a very resilient person, you know, a lot of strong pillars in a way where I feel like because in the military lifestyle, like things get thrown at you all the time, right? And you're just supposed to adjust, 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 pivot, like no other, like I have never seen a type of career that just makes you have to think on your feet so quick and you just have to be prepared for anything and everything at the same time. But I think, you know, in a way, of course, like living that military life, that was one chapter. And now you guys followed your intuition to now come to your, your greater calling. Right. And I just, I love hearing these types of stories because it just shows that yes, like you were so used to that type of life, but now you can take it and apply it to this whole new thing and um, just make it what you want. And now you're doing coaching, your husband's doing work with, with children. And it's obviously it's very different, but it's fulfilling work. And I think that's like the most important part. So kudos to you guys. You know, it's <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, yeah. The resistance you got, uh, I can only imagine like people are just like, are you crazy? Like this is not the time, but you know, when, when your gut is telling you something, you can't ignore it. Like, I don't know about you, but when my gut feels something, it is so loud. And even if I want to say no, it's just like, nope, you better listen or you're going to regret it. So you know much about human design. Oh my gosh. I eat that stuff up right. Okay. What's, what's your type? What energy type are you? So naturally when my gut was, and I'm sacral authority. So, um, when my gut was telling me, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, I was like, and when that had that resistance in my own self of trying to fight it, I felt worse, but then I just made that decision. And it was amazing. So as soon as I followed my stomach and my, my that gut instinct, I was like, Oh, this is easier. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 What do you, I'm a five one emotional manifester. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So there's a lot, like, even though I don't have, it's weird though, because I'm, I technically don't have sacral energy, but somehow the way I, I work, it's like, I have lots of like, how do I even describe it? It's like really high leaps of energy. And then I go into a deep rest and it's like, I have this cycle that I'm still, you know, really embodying and um, learning how to really apply in my, in my best good. So interesting journey. (laughs) So I have to ask, since you're into human design, have you looked at yours and your husband's and tried to see like how you guys are compatible in that way? Um, Yeah. So we actually did this the other day. And so I'm only new-ish to human design. So I'm kind of in the infancy of learning about, because it is quite complicated, but once you do embody it, it is easy. So he is a manifesting generator um, with an um, 
an emotional authority, I think he was. But so we actually had um, so many things that were compatible and he, his heart, his will, will center is defined. And so the fact that he and mine's undefined. So the fact that he was defined, I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> you can center me. <laughs> you can. And, and because that's one thing that I quite often struggled with was like, was going to and fro with, with my purpose or like that, because I get discouraged, but the energy would still be there, but it would just turn to frustration if I didn't get a guide in the right way. So um, we are still definitely learning. And we did our daughters the other day and she's a manifesting generator as well. So I can't remember what, what else she was though, but um, she was like, she mirrored him. They were the same. So yeah. (laughs) Fun. You know, I got a child chart reading for my son and he's a projector and it was so nifty because it pointed out like just how to parent his type. And it just very personalized to him. And I was like, this is amazing. Like every parent needs this because especially when they're developing, which how old is your daughter, by the way? Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. Mine's three and a half. So they're only a year apart. So I feel like we have all of these amazing tools to our advantage where we can take this and just make our lives easier. So why not? (laughs) So... I thought Bella, um, my daughter, I thought she was a projector. And I was like, oh, I need to suss this out. I need to learn because... (laughs) I'm not a projector and they work in such different ways as well. And I was like, okay. And then she, when she came up as a manifesting generator, I was like, oh, okay. That's, I can probably work with this. Yeah. yeah, But I, I definitely agree. Knowing and having those tools is so beneficial for us and to find our path. And that's why I had, a. I wish I had have known more to listen to my sacral back in the day, like years ago, if I had been introduced to it, because it would have made so many more decisions easier. Um, whereas now I'm really, really leaning into it and learning how to to follow my intuition and my gut feeling. And my husband now asks me, <laughs> asks me not broad questions. He's very specific questions. So I can say, mm, yeah, or no, I'm not doing that today. And it's, it's getting even for food for dinner. So it's really good. So, yeah. And that's the thing is I feel like the more human design chart I see, cause I, I'm one of those people, like as soon as I find like a, in the beginning when Briggs Myers personality quizzes were a big thing, um, anagrams, I just want to know ev- all my family and friends, um, types. I just want to know because me being a five one, I like to investigate everything and get all the details. So it's very like me. Um, but I think what human design has done for me personally is not just understand people, but it's more so like, if say like you're at odds with someone, you almost give them so much more grace because you kind of realize like, oh, well, this is kind of inevitable, inevitable, you know, like this is literally part of who they are. It's not that they just want to act this way or think this way, like this is them. So I just, yeah, I just love human design so much. And I have to mention, which this is how I know the universe has always kind of given me little signs following our intuition, right? So being a manifester, like naturally, we don't like being told what to do. Like, at all. Like it's just does not work. Um, and being an emotional, an emotional type, I found out, I basically figured out like, had I gone into the military, like I planned, because I don't know about Australia, but there's like, um, an exam you have to do before you can even enlist where it kind of tells you where you're qualified. Like what jobs are you even allowed to do? What is that, that test called for you guys? I can't even remember to be honest, but we do the exact same thing and it tells you the list of all the jobs you can actually go into Got it. and okay. it off your kind of like your, your, your aptitude test, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, basically that's, yeah. yeah. For us, it's called ASVAB, but I'm sure aptitude is like part of the A in there. 
Um, but when I figured that out, because my at the time I wanted to join the military for all the reasons of benefits, of course, right? You want to be independent. Like my goal at 18 was like, I want to be on my own. I want to do my own thing. And the military is my ticket out. But since um, I didn't personally join, but my best friend slash, he was my boyfriend at the time, we got married and now we have a child together. He ended up still going in, right? For me, it was almost like, oh my gosh, I would have been living so much out of alignment had I enlisted. Like it saved me that I didn't go in because I don't need, I would have had to decondition so much (laughs) had I gone in. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise. And that example shows me like if one door is just closed and not meant for you to go in, there's a way bigger reason that you're going to learn about way later on, like over 10 years later, I'm like, thank goodness. (laughs) I totally agree because, um, whereas I guess I did the opposite. So even, um, with my sacral, like if I'm not vibing with it, then I shouldn't be doing it. But in the army, you have to do it. No matter <laughs> so what. Right. I think what it's really helped me learn is just to to literally don't do what I doesn't align with me. Um, because I've done it the opposite. I've done where I have to do it and I just and my um not self is frustration. And I just get so frustrated and so, and not even angry, just frustrated. Oh, my fear for me. So that would not have been good for anyone. <laughs> yeah. And then with that frustration, you just, it's a cycle. So um, I've definitely, I wish I had it back then, but I'm kind of glad at the same time I didn't because I've learned from my experiences to just, even with dinner, just go with my gut feeling, like just simple decisions, go with my gut feeling. But then the big things go with the gut feeling and don't listen to the ego as well because the ego will you know the the chatter mind will get in and try to drive you out of it to stay in that comfort zone but yeah just really follow that path yeah so now that you're on your new venture of coaching how much are you loving it right now being able to now instruct guide people but in a whole different fashion like how has that transition been for you with this new business it's um it's actually phenomenal and it's it's been a self journey as well as a growth journey with other people as well, my clients. Um, but it is phenomenal how many traits and skills and whatnot that I already had prior to the military, but were kind of heightened in the army because of the exposure. And then now I can transfer them over. Um, so my recruits, I, I was definitely the discipline queen as the instructor, but um, they referred to me as the mama bear. So it was like the, the, the one that, don't don't piss her off because she'll get grumpy but also if you really need help go to her go to corporal like and she'll she'll sort you out so being able to bring that over to my clients and also I guess like how I coach my clients is I'm, I'm very raw and that's my personality anyway I have no I'm not fluff and and there's no there's no beating around the bush. Like I'll be, I'm, I'm very I love, love person and I, I give love, but also if people are getting in their own way, I'm definitely going to highlight it. So it's been, it's been amazing that I can bring all of that over to my clients. And now that, um, cause I'm, I'm a very creative person now that I have this free will to be able to create and everything. It's been actually amazing. And it's been, it has been a journey of like finding the right things I do want to do, but that's, part of life. And that's the amazing thing that I didn't have before. So yeah, it's been so good. Yeah. I just think it's awesome when like, because of course that type of career, it's very demanding, takes a lot of your energy. And then now that you have all this energy, you're like, Oh my gosh, where do I want to put that? You know, where do I want to apply it so I can see my business grow, invest in myself. So I grow it just, 
I feel like <laughs> if I were in your shoes and I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't have to report anywhere. I don't have any missions I have to do. Like I would have just gone crazy. Did you take some time to like, just kind of while out for a minute after you got out? Yeah. So when we, when we both discharged, um, we had like, it was like six weeks of just, I think I gardened every day. I was in my veggie garden every single day. <laughs> because <laughs> I am a, a nature fiend um, and we live really close to the ocean. So we were at the beach every day with Bella and, you know, she was running around because not only did it affect us, but it affected her connection and time with her parents. So we really f- focused for about, see, it was like six weeks focus on, we both like, like we took leave or more or less like where we were like, no, this is just pure personal time um, and connection with Bella to build up because she was very confused about COVID as well and and um, everything. So that was a, that kind of our decompression. And it was amazing um, because in retrospect, we needed it because we were still had such a military mind and especially coming from an instructor role, it's very institutionalized as like that's the first first place that people go as civilians to become an instructor. So it's the most intense to become a recruit, sorry, a soldier. So as an instructor, you have to make sure you hold that intensity and to the point and COVID actually made it very difficult. So we were living in this intensity state constantly. So we had to really turn it off because it was, I remember seeing someone and I was like, I think it might've been a police officer and they had like big earrings in their hair or something. I was like, "Mm, in the army, they wouldn't be allowed to do that. And I was like thinking like this and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like chill, (laughs) take a chill pill, sit back and relax. Um, Yeah. It was the most needed thing we needed to do. Like we needed to do it. It was a blessing in disguise because at the moment we also kind of got a bit jittery, but then we became aware of it that we're like, no, this is because we're so used to go, go, go. We need to slow down. So yeah. I know. And like, for me, like when I left the military lifestyle, I think what I miss the most is like the camaraderie, you know, like knowing like you're around other military families that get it. Did you guys live on base at all? Or did you live nearby a base where you worked? Um, so throughout the career it was a bit different. So Australian um, army, normally if you're a singly, like single member, you live on base for a while. So I lived on base um, initially and then um, throughout my year years as becoming more of a senior, I moved off. So we lived off base. However, where Kapuka is, the training establishment, it's a very small town kind of thing. So realistically, like all of our, exactly right, what you were saying, all of our friends were just around the corner. And we lived in each other's pockets at work, but we also lived in each other's pockets at home and because my husband and I were both military so they both knew us like everyone knew us and yeah so I do miss that but in saying that as well um I've really learned from it that some of it's false and fake so and what I've learned from transitioning out was that what the the real ones real connections and friendships have stuck by and they, they are friendships not off the common denominator of the military they're off common denominators of real traits and personality things. So that's actually been a blessing as well because it's made me really see through the kind of a bit of facade as well. So, yeah. That's true because for me, like, cause you know, you move around a lot and I don't know how often you guys move, but for me, like 
every time I moved to like a different state or just a whole another side of the country, it really did show that if they're your real friends, no matter distance, no matter wherever they are, like they'll continue to be, you know, part of your circle and be real friends to you. So it does kind of give like a little test, like who's meant to be part of your life and not. So, um, Luckily, a lot of them were very genuine people. And I think, you know, energy attracts what you're supposed to have in your life as well. So that's definitely something that if you're fully aware of your surroundings, you'll see it right away. So I love that. Oh my gosh. I just, I love meeting other, like, just, I'm going to say it again, badass women. And I just have to say, thank you for your service and all the things that you've accomplished. It's so inspiring for other women to see that you can be a mom, a wife, and still kill it at no matter what you want to do, whether it's a military job or a wellness coach that can help you get on track with, with your life, with your business. So just again, just kudos to you. And I'm just so glad to have met you. Um, tell our audience on where they can find you online, where they can see your work. And if they want to work with you, where can they reach out? Thank you for that. Um, I really appreciate it. It's really nice. So I am on Instagram at um, High Vibes Life Coaching, which will be in the show notes, no doubt. Um, and I, so that's where I mainly live on Instagram. That's my creative um, shell. I love how I can present my energy and my work there. I also have a Facebook group, which I work within as well, which is in my links on my, my Instagram itself. And I have a podcast that I'm starting as well myself, which is really exciting. So it actually just all got released. So they'll be starting next week. And that's the um, high vibes life as well, which is, I'm so excited about because I love talking and like um, my, my throat's defined in human design. So like, it's a very, it's communicating is very important. So they're the main things. And I work one-on-one with my clients in six month containers, because that's the most, um, that's the time where the most transformation will really happen. Realistically, if we work for one session or one month, that's like a bandaid fix and it's not superficial. It's not going to work. So I really get dive deep into reprogramming and re, um, transform transforming, sorry, my client's perspective mindset and belief systems. And we do that. So I'm actually taking on a few clients at the moment. So that's where I can be contacted through there. Wonderful. I am so excited to see where this journey takes you. And I'm sure we'll stay connected after this because I, I mean, it's funny because all the guests I've had and literally they're from all over the world, we've all become such good friends. And now we just root for each other. We support each other throughout all of our things. So I'm just so, so fortunate to have met you today. And I know our audience would just they're going to be excited to see your work. So thank you all again for tuning in and we will catch you all next time. Thank you so much, Ricky. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again so much for tuning in with us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you to try something new holistically. Do you want to connect? Be sure to follow us on all the things, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and of course, Instagram. We also have our Podcast Insiders Facebook group, and you can find the link in the show notes or in the podcast description box. And remember to carpe diem.